Happy Hump Day. Welcome back to Looking Backwards, Looking Forwards. I'm C. Thomas Printer, and I'm here with Austerity Jones. Happy Wednesday, C. Thomas. This week on Looking Backwards, American national security secrets from Ukraine to the Middle East to China all surfaced on social media sites. Can you believe that? Yes. <laughs> yes, I can. Okay. Uh, um, I think that a couple of years ago, it was quite obvious that we were vulnerable to hacking. I think that sometimes people might want to be judicious in when they release this stuff, when it has a useful purpose. And so now, as things seem to be escalating from the Ukraine to the pushback in Europe to energy prices and the pushback from Saudi Arabia and OPEC that we talked about last week with, we're going to reduce the amount of oil barrels. And now China and Taiwan, which we'll get into shortly, have, you know, upped the tensions. All of a sudden now, America looks foolish on the world stage as we're seeing security secrets out on the interwebs and you know everything is laid open and everyone says yeah we can get access to this the united states doesn't look so all big and powerful now do they mm. i think it's almost a bit of an embarrassment campaign yes i mean it's been very embarrassing that's correct Okay, how about Tesla is opening a mega factory in China? And um, But I have a question to you, C. Thomas. At the same time, we are hearing that Apple is trying to move its iPhone production outside of China. So we have Tesla coming in and Apple coming out. What's going on? Well, I thought uh, you were going to use the segue from one embarrassment to national security secrets to another the actions of Elon Musk opening a mega pack factory in China. But I see the link that you made with Tesla going in and Apple moving out. Uh, Tesla is going to open a mega pack factory, mega factory in China. Um, that sounds like a good deal while we're fighting with um, them over the Taiwan Strait and mm -hmm. Apple being a little uh, wiser. Tim Cook is trying to get the heck out of Dodge, but um like we've talked on this channel before, Elon Musk is going to have to choose whether he is a Chinese company or an American company. Mm. Forget the fact that he has some stuff in uh, uh, Germany producing Tesla cars as well. He's going to have to choose. And I think he might not get to make that choice. But um, if there's one thing he likes to do and knows how to do, it's raise money and build factories to produce stuff that he doesn't have demand for. That's what we're seeing with the cars as he literally marked his car down over the weekend for the fifth time um, while they have too much production and not enough uh, demand. So we'll see how they do in the mega pack factory business, but it'll be very interesting to see if he's going to have a bunch of empty factories or empty apartments like the Chinese have. Let's see. Goodness. And... A little harsh on Elon, was I? Is that, is that what the shock silence I'm getting from you is? <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, I, shouldn't, I, shouldn't be, I shouldn't be surprised <laughs> about the love between you and Alan. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stay in China, see Thomas. We have 
Macron visiting China, along with uh, Chinese President Xi, they made very interesting uh, comments. And it looks like Europe is drifting away from the U.S. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think this is what leads me to my statement on Tesla opening new businesses in China, right? Is we've talked about this, the protesters. What have they been protesting over there? Inflation, high energy prices in Europe, all of these things that were due to the fact that they chose America and defending America and their swift actions and their seizing of Russian assets versus having cheap energy from Russia sitting right there. So they were backing the Americans' play. And now everyone's starting to get the consequences of those actions. And they're saying, wait, 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 wait. We don't know if we like this as much as you politicians do. Well, now the politicians themselves Macron, he flew from France all the way over to China, met with him for a few days. Then he gets back and says, you know, Europe should act on its own. Well, that seems to be pretty smart, as we've talked about Chairman Xi making relationships in the Middle East and in Argentina and in Iran and Saudi Arabia. And now he's trying to do the same thing in Europe. I think he's trying to build a coalition of people that are anti-American, maybe not pro-China, but at least just saying, hey, wait a second, what's going on here? Um, the Americans seem to have their self-interest. They're the ones selling you the expensive liquid, liquefied natural gas now, Europe. Why do you think they're doing that? They took away your cheap source of energy, and now they're giving you the stuff from America at a very high rate. That's hurting your people. That's hurting your politics. It's hurting your finances. And now all of a sudden Macron, who was going to support us over there, is now singing a different tune. And what's going on over there? We don't really know, but I just see little pressure points being put all over the globe and they have Chinese fingerprints on it. Meanwhile, our fingerprints are in ice cream. <laughs> I love it that we all... <laughs> ice cream? All, it's very good. Yeah. Where yeah, I like ice cream. All, all the episodes, we have an ice cream. Uh, <laughs> reference. <laughs> reference. Well, our president's a very busy man. Yes, correct. Then, uh, see, Thomas, let's move on to looking forwards. And again, we have China. Shocking, uh, right? <laughs> no. So Chinese state TV actually published a video that looks like this is how they're going to invade uh, Taiwan? Well, it, it, you know, you can call it whatever you want, a propaganda video or, um, or basically a reenactment in video form of what the Chinese actually did militarily this weekend. They basically mm. surrounded Taiwan and practiced these exercises. Then they come out and they have a propaganda video of this is what's going to happen. And then they, I read an interview about they were interviewing some of the people on some of the outskirts of the Taiwanese islands. And they were like, we already know there's not much we can do if they attack and stuff. And so uh, I think the Chinese know that Trump or DeSantis or some other president, maybe it's someone that replaces Biden from the Democratic Party, or maybe it's uh, another candidate, um, is waiting in the wings in 2024, and this is their opportunity to attack while Joe Biden is in office. 
things. And I think this is what um, Putin figured out. And I think the, the big signal was when Biden pulled us out of Afghanistan so recklessly that everyone in the world state says, yeah, this was the guy that was the VP under Obama when Russia just went into Crimea. This is a good time to do that because there's nothing really that they're going to do. They might pay some Ukrainians to come fight for you. But I think if there's ever a window that China wanted to take advantage of, I think now is the time. And so we've talked about what China was going to do as payback, right? Nancy Pelosi flies over there. The the uh, uh, the Taiwanese president um, came and met with uh, McCarthy, the Speaker of the House in the U.S. last week. You know, uh, Trump had the policy with Huawei where um, they said no more dealing with Huawei. We have tried to um, prohibit them from getting chip technology. And we've been waiting for the response from China. Maybe this is it. Maybe we see an invasion. I think I'd be shocked if you don't see an invasion or some kind of escalation within the next 45 to 60 days. Wow, you gave even number of days. Impressive. Very, very poor thought process on my point, giving you that time period. But I think if it has to happen, it's going to have to happen soon, mm. right? Um, I think that this is something that the longer they wait, the the less chance that they have to accomplish their goals quickly. And I think right now with Russia occupying attention, occupying finances on the one front, this is as good a time as they'll ever get to do it on the other front. Um, it's basically with the, the Japanese playbook, right? So the Germans were occupying the American eyeballs over in Germany and, uh, you know, the European theater. And all of a sudden over here on the other side, um, Japan said, this is our opportunity to expand, you know, our reach in the Pacific during World War II. And this is far from a World War situation at this point, hopefully. But I do think that this would be the opportunity that they would probably use and take and g has the power now right he got his third oh, term yes. in october so right. there's a lot of things that line up that doesn't necessarily mean it's so and i'm certainly willing to be wrong and quite frankly i hope that i'm wrong i just think mm. these things are escalating awfully quickly right so there's just more and more little skirmishes little skirmishes and i think um these things happen. These things happen every 30, 50, 60 years, one, two generations where one side needs to flex and assert their authority and the other one is going to challenge them. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now. Speaking of um, U.S. presidency um, 2024, see, Toms, we have Vivek Ramaswamy. He has very um, interesting or uh, let's say uh, catchy ideas. What do you think of him? Vivek Ramaswamy is an Indian American. Um, he is a very successful entrepreneur. He came up through the um, the BC world. Um, he's also very outspoken in terms of anti-ESG, anti-woke, anti-affirmative action, anti-climate religion. He thinks we should take America back um, in terms of achievement, merit, not based on the woke philosophies of today. He thinks, for example, his ideas on China, as he says, this is the opportunity to defeat China economically so that one day we don't have to defeat them militarily. 
right? That's a quote from him. And so I think this is, you know, maybe he's one of the ones that China thinks has a chance. He's such a off the two party radar candidate that I don't know what his chances are. And I'm far, far from a political strategist here. But I do know that his policies are already being talked about. One of them in particular is how to deal with the drug situation and the cartels that are just pouring fentanyl into our country and into our cities and killing the inner city population. He's saying that we treat the cartels as terrorists and we approach them with the same type of fervor that we did the terrorists that hit 9-11 and we go after them and use the military outside of our borders to fight them. And that's something that is not being talked about until now. He brought it up, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden, Florida's talking about it. Who's their governor? Ron DeSantis. And so I think these ideas that he's bringing to the table, I think, are interesting ideas that might have some merit. And I think it'll be interesting to keep an eye on him because he's a very smart, very smart, very eloquent. And if he would happen to win, he would be the youngest president in the mm-hmm. history of the United States. So I think he's a candidate we want to keep an eye on, even though I don't even know what affiliation he is he's a conservative but i'm not sure if he's part of the uh the republican party i guess he is um Mm. but we'll see because i'm not sure how he fits in the republican party plans Mm -hmm. well finally let's go to finance from politics cpi coming out today well, here we go. We finally get to talk a little econ in this crazy yes. world. But the problem we have is, is the world sometimes shapes our econ. And so I feel like that's where we're at here today. Um, the one nice thing about this is, you know, we do have some pretty good ideas that inflation should continue to be coming down. Uh, but you never know when we get a surprise. Right. So it's going to be coming out and it's supposed to be four tenths higher. Um the big problem we have, as we addressed a couple of weeks ago, when OPEC Plus inc- increased the, uh, um, I'm sorry, they decreased the amount of barrels, I think you're going to see this oil and gasoline prices. Uh, the futures are already 75 cents off the low on gas. I'm unleaded. And if this starts hitting the pump right as we go into driving season, as we talked last year, the inflation peaked in June when gas prices peaked. So if gas prices come back, I think we could see inflation coming back. And so while the consumer price index might be starting to slow down a little bit, it has some real lags built into its model with the um, owner's equivalent rent. So it could be artificially high now, but there is no lags when the when the fuel price hits. It's a very quick leading indicator. And if we start getting that, the CPI could start coming up which would certainly throw a wrench into the bond market's plans that the, st- that the Fed is going to cut and lower interest rates in the second half of this year. All in a nutshell. Thank you very much, C. Thomas, sharing with us your comments. And uh, let's remind our audience to check us out on YouTube and on our website, cthomasprinter.com. Talk to you next week. Thank you, Austerity. Until next week. Remember, there's no such thing as a free lunch, except in America.